welcome back to our regular listeners. Good morning, good afternoon to uh, the August 27th English Time Canary Cast. And we're not going to be COVID cast anymore, even though a lot of our programme today will still be looking at what is happening with regards to the COVID-19 pandemic. My name's Cleo O'Flynn and up in the mountains is... Is Janet Anscombe. Hello, good morning and welcome. Janet, how are you? I'm really good today, actually, because and this tell very us why. morning <laughs> I have been to collect my TS. Which is, for those who haven't listened <laughs> to us before... It is the new document that British people get when they register with the police, as we're all required to do if we're foreigners in Spain. We have to register with the police. And as EU nationals, we were given a green card, a green register, a certificate Mm -hmm. um, that says we were legally resident and had registered with the police. Because the UK has now left the EU... Um, At the moment, we're in the transition period, and so through this year, they have introduced the new system. So anybody registering from now on um, gets a new card, and it's a little plastic card, and it replaces the register because it is a document that is given to all third-country nationals, i.e. people who are not in in a country that's an EU member state. And so Brits are now in that group of countries, and so we are given. Anybody who already has a green card can or does not have to change over to the tier. But I decided to because it's a little plastic card. It's got your fingerprint on it. It's got your photo on it. It's a proper ID card. Anybody who's been here many years will remember that before 2012, we had um, an optional residencia system and we were given a little plastic card then and it's just like going back to that. Yeah, and I mean, before anyone gives out about the Spanish getting rid of that, it was a group of British residents in the Spanish peninsula who uh, I think went to Brussels because they said this card somehow infringed their human rights. But they they said it was discriminatory, an optional card. I I have never understood the logic. I don't know anyone else who has understood the logic other than the European Court, which said, yes, it is discriminatory. And we were all very upset to lose our proper little ID card. Given a scrappy bit of paper instead of the Mm. lovely little plastic card. Which I still have. have my plastic (laughs) card back. And I don't, I won't be getting one of your cards because obviously as an Irish person, I am still a member of the European Union country and yes. uh, continue with exactly the same rights that I have always had, as do you, because you're a permanent resident. And in fact, my card says, and this applies to anybody who is changing over a registro or anybody who is now registering before the end of this year, mm-hmm. you get a card that says you are a beneficiary, but the, the card is issued in line with rights guaranteed by the withdrawal agreement after the triggering of Article 50 of um, Brexit. And the card actually says this on it. So your rights are absolutely confirmed in black and white on the card itself. And that is true for anybody who gets a card this year or anybody who is transferring over from the paper registry. As long as they have been here for five years. No, anybody who is transferring... Anybody who's transferring who's not been here five years will get a card that says they're covered by the rights of the withdrawal agreement. But the difference for someone who has got a register of over five years is that theirs will say permanente, which means that they have rights of permanencia. Okay, so it's worth just keeping it. It is slightly complicated. It is slightly But if you've been following us, you'll know exactly where exactly. and you'll what get the rules it, you'll are. You'll get a card, and if 
you are a new registrant or you're changing a register of under five years, yeah. your new card will be temporary and you, mm-hmm. have, to, you have to renew it. Um, after five years or after, after five the five years, years has because, elapsed. Yeah. And once five years are up, you have permanent rights and your card will say permanente. And if you're handing okay. in a register of over five years old, whether or not it says permanente, your card will say, as mine does, permanente. Because your registro, whether it says permanente or not, will have the date when it was given to you. Exactly. Wait. And your new card won't say the date that that registro was issued. It'll say the date the card is issued, but it will confirm that you have permanencia, which itself is the only proof that's needed that you've been in the country for more than five years legally. Which could become important in the future. It could become important, depending on what happens in the rest of this year with the Brexit negotiations. But I have to say that anybody who's applied or thinking of applying to change over the registrar or applied for the tier and going to collect, you don't need an appointment to go and collect. To collect. turn up. Right. Um, It's... Diana McGowan tells me that it's between 8.30 and 1.30, and we were there about 10 o'clock this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think I saw Diana McGowan walking away from me. Um, in <laughs> Running away house. from you, probably, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we, you, you turn up and nobody goes in anymore. You wait outside okay. and the police come out all the time and say, what are you here for? What are you here for? And you, you tell them and they tell you where to go and wait and then they come out and get you okay, and super. guide you in. And they took the receipts that we were given when we handed in our registros with the application. They took the receipts and the passports, and they then went off and got the card, which was waiting for us, and checked our fingerprints again to make sure they'd scanned properly, and that when we had our fingerprints tested, they actually matched up with what was already on the computer. Once that all checked out, they just handed the card over, gave our passports back, and off we went. It was so simple. It took about 10 minutes. Super. And that's and where will one find out if your batch of cards is ready for collection? How okay, will you well know that? Batch, they're doing them in batches. Okay. And I have no idea how many are in a batch. But um, they are issued in Madrid in batches and returned to the applying office. In our case, it was Playa de las Americas. Okay. And Diana McGowan and Miranda Parsons, I know, are putting the batch numbers when they are informed because they're advisors and they, they do this, you know, as translators. They, this is their job, they in a sense. do this as, as work. Mm-hmm. So they are told by the police which batch is awaiting collection and they're posting on their social media, batch X is now ready for collection. Excellent. And in fact, it was Diana McGowan's post I saw followed then by Miranda's a few hours later, um, a couple of days ago on Facebook, I know it was Twitter or Facebook, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that the batch that we were part of was ready for collection. So just keep an eye on their social media and you'll see. Your batch number is on your receipt. If you've handed in or applied for a tier, you will be given a receipt to go back and collect it when it's ready and the batch number will appear on so it's, I mean, once you've done the primary registration, the initial registration, it's very, very simple. It could not be easier. The hardest part was standing outside waiting for a policeman to come out, which only took about five minutes. Um, because in it's hot. In the middle of a gleamer wearing a face mask. I mean, that was quite difficult. Okay. Well, let's, <laughs> mo- bit of it. let's move straight on to that, because uh, just to let people know, 
we, I mean, I put something on my Facebook page and on the Adeche Town Hall Facebook page during the week to remind or to warn people we are suffering extremely high temperatures at the moment. Today, I think it was worse than yesterday. I mean, I, I think it reached 42.9 in parts of Gran Canaria yesterday. Yes. Um, and today feels oppressively hot. I'm in the office. Um, yesterday, I was lucky enough to be down on the beach mid- at midday for a quick swim, and it, but it didn't feel that cooler. Uh, so... Um, it, temperatures, I think, are supposed to start to drop tomorrow. Yes, that's what they're saying. Today is the worst they are. They have forecast today to be the worst. And starting to reduce from tomorrow. But we, we know, don't we, with these things that, yes, it will be remitting from tomorrow, but we're going to hardly feel a difference until Sunday, they reckon. Okay. Um, but it will start to cool down and, and the air will start to clear. So it is going to start to improve from tomorrow. We've been so lucky this year, I think. Because, yeah, actually, you know, you're right. We've only had a couple of these and this <laughs> Be, summer. Yeah, lucky in this regard. Let's put it that way. Let's lucky <laughs> in this regard. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, let, let's take our luck where we can no, find no, it. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> because, I mean, the nice part was, which was, and I found it almost odd, during the first three months of lockdown, as we called it, the weather here, certainly where I live, was um, almost chillier than it normally would be for March, April and May. I mean, it wasn't swelteringly hot, whereas back in Ireland, I know where the, my, the rest of my family live, it was extremely pleasant, pleasant. There was hardly a day's rain. So people could sit in their gardens or go for the short walks that they were permitted to do. So, I mean, everybody kind of had the kind of weather they needed to endure those three months of confinement. Yeah. Small mercies, eh? Small yes, mercies. there you go. But today, today is very, very hot. My advice, if you have kids, if you have older family members, if you have anybody with breathing difficulties, because we have a kalima, which is dust particles in the air, is stay indoors with the windows closed and put on fans if you have them. If you need to go out for a swim, um, I would wait until later on in the afternoon, five or six o'clock, when temperatures are dropping slightly, but not much. And yeah. uh, Drink lots of water. Try not to drink alcohol because it does not help. Drink lots of water, cold drinks, even fizzy sugary drinks won't help you. It's, water is the best thing you could be drinking at the moment. Sadly, yes, but I think a glass of chilled white wine is rather, you know. But wait till after six, Janet, if you can. <laughs> Just, <laughs> okay, after five, after five. You can after celebrate five. your well, TIE with something with bubbles. <laughs> oh, Listen, while we're also talking about Europe, I thought it would be interesting to mention now a lot of people mightn't really know the ins and outs of this story but if you're Irish whether you live here or at home you will probably have been following what has been known as Golfgate which is the story that has just gripped (laughs) Irish you didn't know it was called Golfgate no Golfgate Golfgate. it has gripped the Irish media for the last eight days uh, and it has led to the resignation of the European Commissioner for Trade, which is a big international news story because this doesn't happen very often. And uh, if you permit me, I'll explain very briefly the bones of the story. Um, Tuesday of last week, Monday or Tuesday, there was... No, the story broke Tuesday of last week, the weekend before last. The Arachthus is the, the name for the Irish Parliament. And there was an Arachthus Gulf outing game and dinner in Galway in the Clifton Hotel in Galway the weekend before last Um, and so quite a number of parliamentarians attended it as did other invited guests including a Supreme Court judge the European Commissioner for Trade Phil Hogan uh, and numerous other people including a well-known broadcaster Um, but there were over 80 people at the dinner 
In Ireland, the COVID-19 restrictions are quite strict as they are here in other ways, but a gathering of over 50 people at the time of the dinner was not permitted. Now, the dinner was held in kind of two parts. So there, there were two batches of people separated by screens, but they weren't completely in two separate rooms with locked doors and they couldn't intermingle. And apparently they would have had drinks beforehand and there were hand slaps and back slaps, handshakes and back slaps beforehand. There was also a round of golf beforehand. Um, so within two days, the story hit the national newspapers, the Examiner newspaper, a, a journalist called Aoife, a young journalist called Aoife broke the story. Um, and within 12 hours of the story being broken, the Minister for Ag- Agriculture, Derek Leary, resigned. He handed in his res- resignation because he knew that even though he hadn't done it deliberately, he had uh, broken health safety requirements yes. by attending the dinner. Uh, and the the vice chair of the house called the last last Kian Corlock of the house uh, of the of parliament had also resigned uh, and a number of other party members had the party whip removed from them within 12 hours so that was falling on swords and and people just saying handing holding up their hands saying I did wrong. I didn't mean to, but I know that I have broken rules given what the public have gone through, given what people have not been able to attend, such as funerals, weddings, communions. I will resign and I accept my fate. But the Supreme Court judge and the minister, the the commissioner for trade didn't resign. Um, Phil Hogan, who has been praised by many, many quarters as being one of the best trade commissioners that Ireland has ever had, holding a hugely important role because he was at the the key negotiations for Brexit now that they are negotiating the actual details of future arrangements. Um, he he gave a statement finally. He spoke to an RTE journalist, Tony Connolly, who has been on English Time, in fact, about yeah. three days ago. And he outlined that he firmly believed, in all honesty, that he hadn't broken any rules Um because even though he, he had tested negative, he had taken a COVID test when he had arrived back in Ireland from Brussels. Now, Brussels is also a country that is considered a country from which you must quarantine if you arrive to from Ireland. He had also visited Kildare, which happens to be a county that is currently in lockdown. But he said because he had taken a COVID test and he had tested negative, he believed he was free to travel. Now, he wasn't. No, he was not. But he believed, he said, in all honesty, and people must take him at faith, he is a man of very high standing, that he believed that he was free to travel. Now, a trade commissioner, a European commissioner, is not under the guide or the control of the Irish government. Therefore, the Irish government couldn't fire him. But they had asked him to consider his position, which in political parlance means we don't have confidence in you to continue in your post. It means please resign, basically. Yeah. Uh, Ursula van der Leyen, who is the Commission President, uh, had asked for full details, had asked for a timeline from him. But before she made a decision, he yesterday said that given the public discomfort with his actions, given the fact that it was detracting from the ongoing Irish government's work in curtailing the COVID-19 um, pandemic in Ireland, which the numbers are still not completely under control, he felt that he had no option but to resign and she has accepted his resignation. So that in a nutshell, in a very small nutshell, anybody who knows the full story will know I have left out lots of details and I'm trying not to take away from the 
the gestures that these politicians have made and, you know, many people feel they should have made in resigning. The case of the Supreme Court is now the Irish government has have asked a retired justice of the Supreme Court, president of the Supreme Court, to, to hold an inquiry into the position of the Supreme Court judge. So that's ongoing. But I felt it was important to point out that politicians, even at that level, do see the importance that they not just of following the rules, but of being seen to follow the rules. Uh, and I mean, I have said, I believe this was like a Dominic Cummings moment for Ireland. And, <laughs> well, it's uh, rather refreshing that someone felt they needed to resign after being... Uh, well, I think Phil Hogan, I mean, I think many people will feel that even though he was extremely valuable to Ireland, and a lot of people were saying, hang on, his value within the European Commission as, as Commissioner for Trade, his value at the negotiating table was hugely important and the president and other members of the com- commission have said he his loss will be greatly felt. By he Ireland, felt he had to resign. Yes, indeed. I, I, I think for um, for British listeners, my uh, it, it is a fascinating story and I suppose the, the thing that jumps out at one, really, is that, first of all, someone in a political position has resigned having got caught up in a fiasco of some sort, which is inadvertently to see, given the number of times that has not happened recently in the UK. Um, but also the fact that people resent, he's absolutely right to do so, because people resent being told they must comply with rules, even if they see the point of the rules and want to comply. Yeah. They resent the fact that some seem to hold themselves above the rules. Even if, as in Phil Hogan's case, it, it was... You know, he genuinely seems to have believed that he was within the right. Maybe Dominic Cummings did as well. That's not the point. It's the appearance of the thing. And Hogan said that what the ongoing situation with him, regardless of the fact that he sincerely believed he was within the rules, was a distraction from the Irish government's campaign with the public. And yes, he we felt that distractions, can we? My goodness. Well, he thought it was wrong of him Absolutely. and wrong to actually let the story fester Absolutely. because it was taking away from the good work that the Irish people were doing. And he didn't want any kind of notion to gather steam that there was one rule for the elite and another for the rest of the population. Absolutely. And meanwhile, other governments seem to be intent on creating distractions from a political mm-hmm. situation that isn't doing them any favours at all. Yeah. So, I, I think he's done the right thing. The, the question is now, I mean, he was the, to explain to people in, in as brief a, and as uncomplicated, I hope, a way <laughs> as I can, Ireland has the trade negotiation, the trade portfolio within the EU Commission. So Hogan's resignation now leaves a gap there at a time when the EU is negotiating under Barnier um, with the UK for the future trade relationship yeah. between the UK and the EU. Mm. Now, the main negotiation is being done by Barnier and his team, but the EU's trade commissioner was Hogan, and that is an Irish portfolio. So whoever, mm. so the Irish are naturally thinking that because he was so experienced and such a good um, trade expert yeah. and negotiator, yeah. that... Ireland's position is weakened and, of course, the EU might be weakened as and well. And because, of, just to interject, there is also no guarantee that whoever they now propose as commissioner will automatically get the trade portfolio. Exactly. Um, now, von der Leyen has said she wants a man and a woman To be nominated. Yes, she does. And um, there is also a, question, a political party question here because, yeah. obviously, now, since Hogan was appointed, there's been a change of leadership. The then Taoiseach, 
Leo Varadkar, is now the Tornista, the deputy the DM, deputy. if you like. And his name is in the, in the mix. And Yeah, in the, indeed. I mean, I think that'd be rather wonderful, actually. Well, but, do you know um, who I would love to see in there? There's an, a, a fabulous woman called Mairead McGuinness, who is a, an MEP, and she's also either president or vice president of the European Council. Absolutely. She, she would be good. She is yeah. Fabulous. And yeah. she has been uh, an agricultural spokesperson for the Fine Gael party who are part of the coalition. Uh, and I mean, I would just when I heard her name mentioned yesterday as a possible candidate, I just thought, you know, that's who either I would say Maurice McGuinness, John Bruton, who was the um, the EU ambassador to the United States, who is also a former Prime Minister of Ireland is another name that I've heard in the mix. And there's a couple of other very high ranking officials who would know how the commission works. And that is what's needed. This isn't uh, like a this isn't a gift to a party politician. This needs to be somebody who is strong on trade, strong in negotiation and has experience. Absolutely. And that is from the Irish perspective. They need that and the EU's perspective. Um, It is certainly. Um undermined the EU's position in the trade talks for the moment. But having said that, the main negotiation is being done in any case by Barnier and his team. So we need to keep, as British listeners, they need to keep in mind that Barnier himself at the moment is unaffected by this. His team of negotiators is unaffected by this. The EU itself is saying that in its opinion... The UK doesn't know how to negotiate. They're only interested in talking about the things that matter to them and not interested in talking about the things that matter to the EU. Mm. And Angela Merkel is said at the moment to have basically said the next EU ambassadors meeting, you know, just let's not talk about Brexit. There's no point at the moment. There are also whispers from Whitehall that from the civil service that the UK is actively working towards no deal, no trade deal. We've already exited the EU. We're not talking about leaving the EU. No, that's deal. We've done. already done that um, with a deal. Um, this is the trade deal. The, there are concerns that the UK is actively going for a node trade deal to operate under World, World Trade Organization rules, um, which, regardless of what one thinks, I mean, the, the, the logical view of that is that this is not a good position for the United Kingdom. It will do it economic damage. Um, every economist I've spoken to has that opinion, and I have to take their expertise as, as you know, not partisan and, and as expertise. People need a trade deal, and for that, the EU does need a good replacement for Hogan. Well, let's see. Let's see. Do you know something, Janet? We have now recorded 22 minutes and we haven't talked about masks. And I think we could just that could be the only mention because I have one thing that I do need to say. And I think maybe we could just leave talking about. Wouldn't it be lovely? Let's not talk about COVID. Well, I have to mention it very slightly because I have this breaking news. Dun, dun, dun. Uh Um, Because of the Kalima and the heat, a couple of things have been cancelled this weekend here in Adeke. So I think it's important for me to just to let people know. Yeah. Um, the events, the weekend events that have been taking place in different parts of the borough are called off this weekend for Friday because on Saturday because there was going to be a comedy show and the kids Paw Patrol events just because it's too hot. It is dangerous for young people, for people with breathing difficulties. So that has been called off. Now, th- this was also supposed to be the first weekend of the new weekend markets that are going to be happening between now and at uh, the end of September. So there's two reasons for that to have been suspended. 
It's not been cancelled. It's suspended. First is because of the weather conditions. But secondly, post the announcement of the markets, the Canarian government have brought in a new normativa, so a new regulation, that any public events need a public health certificate. Yes, they do. Now, ADECHE only applied for this last week when it was announced and because it has been too soon for that to have been granted, it hasn't yet been granted for the the market, the new markets. So that makes total sense, actually, that they applied, they they set the market idea up before the new rules exactly. that we were talking about last time. So yeah. that hasn't been granted yet. It's the so, same, but it, it's probably just as well in this. Case. Yeah, I mean, I, I drove by the area, the new big parking area where it's due to happen and all the tents have gone up. Uh, so there was all the intentions in the world Already, to go ahead with it. Yeah. But it has been suspended simply because a new public health certificate demand has been introduced. Adeki applied for it when the new measure came in, but there hasn't been time for it to be processed yet. When we're all that, learning, aren't we? Even yeah, the council, yeah. We're all learning to live with the new normal, and this is going to be, I think, the way forward, the way we feel our way forward now. Yeah, I mean, nothing... I don't think anything gets cancelled forever. Nothing no. is... is ended forever it just has to be reintroduced into the population well, including like schools and half marathon that was delayed from april to next month and now that's been cancelled for next month and it's going to be next year instead you know things will happen but they will happen when they can happen when they can yeah and i hope so we'll talk about more things like that on monday we'll probably have to go back to talking about the C word. Um, yeah. uh, but hopefully we'll have, I'm trying to find out more news about schools, like I said before. So let's see if I can get a bit more information about that on Monday as well. Okay. All right. So in the meantime, people, uh, stay out of the midday sun. Don't be a mad <laughs> dog or an Englishman. Um, have, a, have a quiet, safe weekend. Maybe drink lots of water. Stay hydrated. Stay cool if you can. Um Try not to let things get you down too much. I know very few people are having a fabulous time right now, but let's uh, let's try and start looking to the future. Yes, I think I'd like to do that. You know, next couple of podcasts, we will talk about how one feels one's way forward in the new normal. Yeah. yeah, because I think that's what we have to do now. We have to start climbing our way towards the next phase and yeah. uh, and doing it together. That's what's important. That we all work, we all pull together. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Pilgrim's Progress, isn't it, from the Slufford Dispond? Oh. <laughs> who's who's going who's to... I'm just thinking, if they're making films about the year 200, will everybody be wearing masks? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who knows? All right, we weren't supposed to mention masks, so I will I will delete that comment in my brain uh, <laughs> and leave it leave it for everybody there to mull over. Janet, um, glad, you've got, glad you've got your TIE. Uh, yeah, en- least, enjoy your new status it. over the weekend and go on, have a chilled glass of something. Oh, I intend to. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. I hope everybody else stays chilled as well. Bye, all. Stay chilled. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.